Welcome back to episode 33 of Lads and Lawn Shares. The Pippin episode. This is the Pippin episode. You know what else 33 is, Philly? What's that? I- I'm pretty sure that's how old Jesus was when he when he died. <laughs> really? According to leading experts. No, I believe I heard that somewhere. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure 33 was the kind of uh, agreed upon or, or yeah. I wow. think that was it. Wow. So it's, it's, a, it's a special episode. <laughs> very special. Very informative podcast we have here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, if anyone disagrees, if, if he wasn't that age, I mean, like, let us know. But I'm 93% sure. 93? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, 93. <laughs> Such a specific yeah, well, this is, <laughs> well, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's a little fun fact for you to start this episode. Uh, we're very, very honored to have James Duthie of TSN joining us later in the episode. Um, yeah, like I mean, big things were promised. We like to think big things are here. Yeah. So, Philly, I, tell tell the people tell the people the story because it's been a long road to get to get him on this episode. So, uh, when we actually started the podcast, uh, I guess two years ago, uh, we kind of just started shooting our shot and messaging people and whatnot. And uh, at that time, I was like really into listening to uh, Duffy's podcast. It's just a little plug. It's the Rubber Boots podcast. And they had like been joking about needing an intern for the episodes and whatnot. They wanted somebody to do the grunt work. And I was listening to it all the time, like at school. And I was just like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to message this guy, shoot my shot, see what happens. Worst he says is no, or he doesn't answer, whatever. Like, who cares? So I fired him a message on Instagram and I was like, Hey, uh, I listen to the podcast all the time. I like, I'm really interested in being the intern. I really don't care what it is that you guys want me to do. Like what you're interested in doing. I will do it. Like I, I will find the time. I will get it done. And he actually responded and he was like, yeah, like sounds good that we didn't really expect anybody to like take it seriously or whatever. And at that point they ended up holding an internship competition, but before it got to the internship competition it kind of like they talked about it on the episodes a little bit and they like didn't really go anywhere with it and it ended up that I see him at Bill Crothers I was there watching my sister's track event and he was there watching his daughter and I was like I see him there and I go up and introduce myself to him tell him like hey I'm the guy who dm'd you and uh, I want to be the intern blah 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 so at that point he actually starts getting in contact with me and we go talking back and forth and then they start the internship competition. He says like, Oh, it's not really fair if like nobody else gets a chance, whatever. And I, I win the internship competition. So, uh, going back and forth, I asked Dathia at this point, if he would be interested in coming on our podcast and he says he will. So it's kind of towards the end of the summer. We have like banked up a couple interviews and we're getting ready to release a bunch of them. And, uh, as people know, we put out an interview with, uh, Paul Bissonnette and right after the Bissonnette interview was supposed to be the Duthie interview. So I'm at school, I'm editing all the stuff, I'm getting ready. And I, before people start making fun of me and say, Oh, you're so dumb for not putting it at this place, not saving it here. I always, always save my stuff in three locations, my computer, the cloud and the hard drive. So I have it on my computer. I have the interview with Duffy on my computer. I, some reason, don't have enough space in the cloud for just this interview. Like, literally, only this interview can't fit in the cloud. I'm trying everything I can, but it's just too big of an interview. I can't get it in there. So I put it on my hard drive. I'm like, whatever. I've got it in two different places. It should be fine. And I never, ever, ever take my hard drive and my computer in the same place because, like, if something happens to one, it's probably going to happen to both. And that's like, not that's not ideal. But for some reason, this one day I was on campus and I needed stuff on my hard drive to use on my computer. I think I had like textbooks or something saved on my hard drive. And so I bring it with me. I make it through the whole day. I was there like early on campus. I leave late and my buddy Tristan, my roommate comes to get me, picks me up and we go grocery shopping. So I take my bag, throw it in the back seat, slide it under the chair. So like you can't even see it, locks the car, we go inside, do our grocery shopping, whatever. I come outside, get in the car and I like went out to get the car and warm it up or whatever and bring it around because he was still in line checking out. I get in the car and I look in the back seat 
and my bag's gone. It's not under the chair. So I'm freaking out. I'm like thinking that I've done something like maybe I didn't put it in the car. Maybe I did like put it on, like maybe I left it outside, like something, like something really dumb. Like this is my fault. And turns out that one door in the car sometimes doesn't lock. Like let's say 50% of the time it locks, 50% it doesn't. So this one time, the one door of the car doesn't lock and somebody happened to be walking through the parking lot, checking all the doors and they find the door open, pull it, grab my bag, gone. Hard drive, gone. Computer, gone. Interview with Duffy, gone. So I literally did everything I could. I was calling Apple, like trying to figure out if there's a way they could recover any of the information, nothing. The police, literally the most useless thing in the world, like Seriously, I'm like, I, I give them this report. I'm like, I'm outside of a friggin' Loblaws. There's cameras all on the outside of the building. You can't pull some security footage and like, look at this guy. Like nothing, never hear from anybody. And so it was gone. Like I just lost the Duffy interview at that point. There are, like one, I remember getting that news. I remember like, cause we were so excited. We had just yeah. finished Bissonette. We had just gotten Duffy on the pod. We're like, oh my God, like this is our big break. Yeah. Our like listeners are going to love this. And then you just dropped that bomb in the group chat and everyone was like so down. I felt so like, bad could, too. Like, well, dude, it was not, it's not like, not your fault. What are you going to do? Like there's really nothing you can do in that situation. So we were fortunate enough to get him back. We sent him a message and just said, Hey, here's what happened. Like it's yeah. just some like fluke uh, incident. Uh, would you mind coming back? And he graciously agreed and, yeah. and we're, we're happy to have him back today. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was pretty lucky. Like uh standout guy or stand-up guy for sure like he was more than willing to come back on he felt really bad about the situation actually in in the interview you guys will see he uh he says it's one of his favorite stories ever of how i lost got my computer stolen like i don't know if that's my favorite story but okay sure <laughs> like yeah man there are some absolute crazy people in university towns i'm yeah. like i mean <laughs> Like from the grocery shop bandit, the bandito yeah. of Loblaws to like, I know there are some pretty like interesting characters in Waterloo too. Do, do you have any favorites from your time in Western of any good stories of the absolute just furious <laughs> uh, people wandering the streets of London? So London is like pretty, well, I don't know if like people outside of London would necessarily like, think this, but like especially the people who are in there, like the students in there. So, so, so many crackheads and not saying that like that's unique to London. Like obviously they're everywhere, but like they just roam the like main streets. Like it's literally like they just are just a part of the community. Like They just walk around. So one story that stands out is uh, my buddy Josh and I were at his house and he lives downtown and like closer to downtown at this time and we're going from his house to the gym at school so we leave his house and we're driving down the main street richmond street which like as people know that's where all like richmond row that's where all the bars are like that's where all the activity is it's really nice weather outside sunny we got the windows down in the car we're chilling we pull up to this light right beside a uh, i think it's like a jack astor's and I'm like, I'm just casually like looking out the window and I kind of just hear like a little commotion, like some guy kind of yelling. And I look over and I'm like, holy shit, Josh, like, look at this, look at this. Point out the window, we look at this guy. There's some like crackhead just tweaking. He's got no shirt on. His pants are down like around his ankles. He's wearing boxers or whatever, but he's licking the glass outside of the Jack Astor's just pressed up against it, just full licking the glass, like looking inside. And we're just like, what the heck? And he's just like yelling, not any words or anything, just yelling and licking the glass. And that just like from that day forward, it was just like, this is the normal, like this is what yeah. goes on here. They, they, there's a young couple on a first date, just, <laughs> just on a little right table on the, on the inside. <laughs> yeah, right on the other side, like, uh, manager <laughs> yeah like and like what are you even gonna do like he's just standing there like licking the glass and yelling and then he just moved on and we're like okay like that's the way it is i guess <laughs> on to the next location four blocks away maybe yeah. he just has it out for jack astors or something. <laughs> yeah he's like got a thing against them <laughs> yeah. Yeah, water, waterloo oh man so waterloo's got a few i, I mean if you've if you've ever been to laurier or it's not really in Waterloo, but there's a bar, there's a country bar called Dallas Nightclub, and it's in Kitchener, but it's a big spot for Friday nights, right? And, and Kitchener, uh, it's similar to, I guess, London in the sense that 
it's got its fair share of crackheads, right? So yeah. we're in we're in line for the bar, and I, like at this point, like I, I really have to pee. I'm like, okay, I don't want to lose my spot in line. I'm like, I gotta do something. So I'm like, shit. Like I look around. I'm like, hey, maybe I might have to back alley it. Let's do it. Like, right. never never heard anyone like come on. Yeah. So I hop out of line. I'm like, hold my spot. Yeah. I hop out of line. I'm like, all right, boys, hold my spot for me. I'll be back. And like, <clears throat> I walk back behind this uh, like the bar or whatever, and I go to the alley, and it's like it's pretty dark back there, right? So. I take one step into the alley and then the street light, like the, uh, I guess it was like censored or whatever. Right. The street light light just flashes on. And all of a sudden there's like 40 people back there. Like, <laughs> they're, and they're like, the light goes on and all they see, like their eyes are just like, you know, like it's kind of like the flash on a camera where people's like pupils are really shiny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. So I just see 40 sets of eyes just like, <laughs> beaming at me. I'm like, Oh God, it was, a, I don't think I've ever done a faster 180 in my life. Just like planted a foot, little spin and whoop, right, right, yeah, right back where I came. I'm like, ah, it'll have to, I'll have to hold it. I'll have to hold yeah. It. This one can wait. <laughs> this one can wait. I don't want to take my chances, but there's a, there's a few like really famous people. Yeah. I know, I know Guelph, uh, they have like the, the dancing guy. He's got the speaker on his head. Yeah, like, He like has a speaker on his head that spins around and stuff. Yeah. And I think Waterloo, Waterloo's famous guy, like his icon is, is a guy named Jedi guy. And he basically roams campus and like various other places in Waterloo. And he's got his full on Jedi robe on with like a a, like movie quality lightsaber. (laughs) And he, he walks up and down the streets of Waterloo doing tricks. And like, it's really impressive. If you ever see like a lot of people go and take pictures of him, get him to do like shout outs for their friends. He's a great dude. Great dude, like more than willing to like cooperate with like his fans and. Oh, he's like not harmful at all. No, no, he's not harmful. He's just like he's just a guy who loves Star Wars and he. He wanders up and down the streets, but and like shout out Jedi guy. He said you can follow him. I'm pretty sure it's at Jedi guy on Twitter. He's no got his own Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, he's got his own Twitter account. But he's he got really, a big following. I, I think it's like over a thousand people. <laughs> it's got to be. Maybe we can get him on the That's podcast. Decent. That'd be cool. <laughs> Jedi yeah, guy. So he, yeah, Jedi guy is a big hit in Waterloo, but just a sick dude. That's hilarious, <laughs> Jedi yeah, guy. One of yeah. the things like we have. Uh, that like we actually it went on it went on i think six buzz it was like pretty popular on there for a little while was we have like a huge geese problem or we had because i like i graduated from there we had a huge geese problem on campus at western to the point where like they would they would tape off areas and put up signs and be like don't walk here like this is like (laughs) the geese territory and they would just flock to like these territories and if you went close to them they would like charge at people and they like hiss at you yeah yeah so rather than like try and get rid of the geese they were just like "Mm, no people don't go here yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, i don't know that was like one of the things kind of like sterile there's no students past this point yeah they're instead of like shutting down the sterile yeah they're just no students like <laughs> for, for the people who didn't understand that reference stairwell e was a infamous stairwell at our uh, alma mater bill crothers where yeah. students would tend to go and and fornicate <laughs> is that a good word yeah so then it got to a point where it was so bad and like teachers had like uh caught students like messing around in the stairwell they actually had to like ban the whole stairwell yeah. Like it just wasn't allowed because it would yeah. go up to like the fourth floor, but there was no door entry. Like, it, it yeah, was it was weird. weird. It was a, it was weird a platform setup. to, yeah, it was a weird setup. So they'd banned it entirely. They're like, oh, if you guys are going to disrespect the sanctity of this stairwell, then no stairwell for you. So we got yeah. banned. And that's like, I guess the geese, <laughs> they got their own place. No, nope. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, like, uh, we're on, we're on zoom call here and, uh, I don't know if it's just my lighting or maybe it's cause I've been in the sun a lot, but like, like not to pump my own tires, but like, I'm kind of getting like a little, <laughs> little golden, uh, a little golden brown tan looking here. And Dude, I, you're looking a I, little, you're looking a little flush. Well, no, no, then I know, man, I don't know if it's my lighting. I think it's my lighting. Cause like I got some good sun yesterday and like, also, it doesn't help that this white background is yeah uh, everything in the color very white. But man, I like I'm a, like a pacey guy like naturally when I like don't go outside. I'm a pretty fair individual. But man, like in the summer, like I get I get tan. Like I I do tan. Yeah, maybe not to the, your extent, but like I don't know, man. I I agree. I'm looking pretty pretty pasty, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Like, didn't want to call you out. It's not, no, no, no. It's not this bad though. Like. I don't know. I think it's, it's just the, the contrast. It's, it's the lighting. I'll blame it on the lighting because yeah. I only got like a one of my grandpa's old stained glass lamps that he's crafted. And it's, it's not great. And then some other little lamp I had at university. So 
my lighting is not not like up to par here. We'll, we'll go with that. I'll go with that. Uh, the reason I brought it up though is because with like me working outside every day and stuff, I start. I've been sending the boys some snaps, updating my uh, tan lines, and I know Brown and Simony have been updating theirs because they're working on golf courses as well. And uh, it got me thinking of like, what's the worst kind of tans that you can get? I know that OC used to get like a pretty bad uh, golf club, uh, golf glove tan, and then mine, like I just get wicked farmers tans and stuff, but. I like yesterday I wore like a cutoff all day. Cause it was just, I don't care that I'm walking around in a cutoff. I can't have this like horrible looking farmer's tan that looks like I'm wearing a t-shirt when I have no shirt on. Um, but you know, I was like thinking about it. I would say that in comparison to other tan lines, the farmer's tan really isn't that bad of a, of yeah, a tan. I agree. I think the- with a t-shirt or like a shirt and yeah. stuff when you go out. So it's like not that noticeable. It's more, more stands out like when you're not wearing a shirt, but some of the ones that stand out the most one, I think that I didn't even, we didn't even bring up before is when the backwards hat tan. Oh, the backwards hat tan is one of the worst tans <laughs> possible. That was me at Boots and Hearts, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, just a line across my forehead for the next three weeks. And not only is it a line across your forehead, but, like, you get that little, like... Yeah, a little semicircle. Above, <laughs> like, above the line. So it's like that part gets tanned, <gasps> and the rest just white. Like, white line, and then the rest of your face is tan. Like, what are, yeah. some, of the, what are some other tans that uh, you could think of? Okay, so for, for me, like, uh, last year, I was working construction, and I'd be outside and, like, we were, we were sometimes able to like take our shirts off entirely, like right. if, depending if we were on private property or whatever, like, and it was hot out. So I'd go to like tarps off and it was a lot of shoveling required building trenches yeah. and, and plumbing and stuff like that. So right. I'd be bent over all day, like digging. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd, I remember one day specifically, it was like 35 degrees. It was just a scorcher. Yeah. And the sun was beating down on me and I was bent over the shovel all day long. And I got home and I'm like, man, my back is in excruciating pain right now. Like, yeah. like it got to the point where like every time like we had a little break, I'd have to like pull a mama bear and like scratch my back. I'm like, because <laughs> it was like peeling so itchy. So I'm like, I get back, I get back home and I look in the mirror, I turn around and it's like tomato red. Right. From my neck down to my back, but like, if I'm looking at the mirror face forward, pale. Like my, <laughs> oh, my oh. the front the front of my body did not see the sun. Just a split. Just the back. And dude, if I turn sideways in the mirror, I'd see a clear like ninety degree line, like a clear line, like a vertical line like a down the, the middle of my rib cage. Yeah, <laughs> man, Neapolitan ice cream. So it was a vertical line down the middle of my rib cage, and it was just pale. And beet red, like I was two colors, man. That's tough. That's it was tough. it was so bad. But other turns, other than that one, I mean, the half and half never a good look. The gloves tans are just something to behold. Yeah, like I work with some people, or I worked with some people who like just wore gloves all day, doing everything we were doing. And like I would wear gloves if we're gardening or whatever, like just planting stuff, just because you're wearing it for like a couple hours. Like it's not really gonna affect it that much, and then. I don't know, just keep some dirt out of your fingers and whatnot. But like, other than that, I try my, like everything I can to not wear gloves, mostly because I don't want to get that glove tan and getting the double glove tan is so bad too. Like you're walking around with a t-shirt in the summer, you've got farmer's tan up to the elbow and then it just dead stop at the wrist on both arms. So got, like the craziest combination of colors going on on your body. It's not. And potentially good. with the backwards hot tan too. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like if you're, uh, or one other one that we mentioned too is like the raccoon tan. Oh. Like if you got sunglasses or like if you've gone skiing or whatever, and then you get the goggle tan. Oh my God. Just dangerous. That, that's not a good look. At least. So. Between the glove tan and the ski, like the, the raccoon uh, tan from the skiing goggles, I'd have, I'd honestly prefer the raccoon tan. Because at least you could say like, yeah, I'd say like, I'd take the raccoon tan because it's like, oh man, your tan looks like shit. And like, yeah, but like I was doing something cool to get it. It's not yeah, like I was, I was like, like skiing. Or- <laughs> yeah, I was skiing or like I was like, you could make some ski goggles in the Swiss Alps, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you could like also wear sunglasses to cover it up, but like. If you go out in public and you, I guess you're right. Like if you go out in public and you got a glove tan, like what are you gonna do? Wear gloves again? Like no. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, how do you get that tan? Well, like 
I wanted to protect my hands because they're sensitive. <laughs> yes, yes. So, <laughs> it is not as cool of a story. Yeah. And like gloves can just be looked at in such a, they're just such a. They're frowned upon. Know. They're frowned yeah, upon. Yeah, for the most part, they are frowned upon. Like glove guy in the gym, gotta be the worst guy ever. Yeah. Like if and, you like, wear <laughs> gloves in the gym, not just guys, but girls too, if you wear gloves in the gym, like give your head a shake. Be better. Just yeah, be better. Just be better. Yeah. Like it's unacceptable. Don't no, wear not. the gloves. <laughs> Don't wear gloves. In the- Don't wear gloves. Unless you're a hand model, I think that's the only. Unless you're a hand model. Yeah, fair. fair. That, that's the only. That's the only like profession. Yeah, but like, that's how many people are you coming instance. across where you're like, where you're actually just like, hey, uh, why are you like, why are you wearing gloves? Oh yeah, like I'm a hand model. Like yeah, some, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't happen. It's, it's yeah. a pretty like it's yeah, pretty no. far of a stretch. But yeah. I mean, that's the only it's the only acceptable one. Another yeah. terrible thing is like don't be the guy who wears like sweatpants or full, like like long pants for no reason. Yeah, like if you have small gym. legs, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you just work on them, just work on them. Just make them bigger. Don't hide them. <laughs> yeah, like you're not fooling anybody. Yeah, like I'm well aware I have chicken legs. I just have chicken legs. That's the way it is. I'm not. I'm not hiding. Still gonna rock. Still gonna rock shorts in the gym. Yeah, like it's hot and sweaty in there. Like I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff people do in the gym that's just outrageous. (laughs) Yeah, but like gloves, please don't wear the gloves, please. Yeah, that's got that's got to be the worst of them. Yeah, please don't. That actually has to be the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Not good. It's not good. No. No, it's not good. So, uh, at this point. Let's bring him on. Let's get him on the line. You want to get him in here? Give the people what they want. So they've heard us ramble long enough. You guys have been waiting. We promise big things. We uh, we're not just talk, you know. No, we're not just talk. We are a podcast. You're listening to us talk, but we're not just talk. No, we're not just talk. We got backbone. We're like a deep ocean that's filled with a whole bunch of stuff you didn't know about us. That's that's a crazy thing. You know, like we know more about space than the ocean. Yeah, man, wow. how crazy. Okay, wow. <laughs> that'll be a conversation for a different episode. But yeah, no, that's actually nuts. But without further ado, please welcome James Duffy. Joining us now is three-time Gemini Award winner, four-time Canadian Screen Award winner, co-writer of They Call Me Killer, author of The Day I Almost Killed Two Gretzkys, as well as The Guy on the Left ambassador of the Christian Children's Fund of Canada, host of the Rubber Boots podcast. He is widely known for producing many humorous videos for TSN, including hit pieces such as The Panel Hangover and Puck Over Glass, the face of the most popular professional sports trade deadline show in the world, and star of Goon 2, Last of the Enforcers. Please welcome broadcaster extraordinaire James Duffy to the pod. Ryan, that was uh, that was an impressive read of what was that my Wikipedia page or my TSN.ca profile or what? Uh, uh, you know, it was a little bit of both, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. I think Philly spent uh, Philly and I spent a couple minutes editing that and making sure it was all grammatically correct. So, well, Philly, I haven't talked to in a long time. He's uh, better known as a Rubber Boot Podcast intern um, <laughs> who had all these great ideas, and but we're too damn lazy, so we've never incorporated any of them. But uh, maybe we'll have we got to have you on this summer, buddy. I got to return the favor. Oh, I would love to be back on. Uh, after that opportunity you guys gave me to come in the studio last year and sit down and record an episode with you, that was that was better than anything I could have asked for. So uh, well, thank we'll, you very we'll try, much. For we'll that. try to do it before uh, before we're done here. Awesome, that would be great. Thank you. You guys are all right. Yeah, we've been doing well. Thanks. How about you? Got fancy microphones and headsets. Your stuff's more impressive than the TSN segments I do every day. <laughs> definitely, definitely chipped into the allowance a little bit for this one. So yeah, this is very impressive, guys. You look yeah. like a professional show. Well, thank you. That's if you I don't know if you've seen the Rubber Boots podcast. It's like Puffy in his car on Skype with his phone hanging out there. Yours yeah. looks way more professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. So uh, James, we wanted to ask you. We've been adapting to life now in quarantine and stuff. How's it been for you uh, living at? home on a permanent basis, being home every day and uh, having to adapt doing your job from home in this new setting? Uh, it's been, you know what, it's been okay. Uh, I'm a homebody uh, kind of anyway. I mean, right. now that it's golf season, I'll try to get out and do those things, but I lead a pretty boring life. I go to the studio and I hang out with my family. And so having my three kids, which, uh, uh, my oldest boys around your age. And then I got yeah. uh, two girls, 16 and 18. And, uh, 
having them home has been pretty cool. So besides the, you know, the death and economic <laughs> destruction, uh, which obviously is pretty depressing, uh, the actual from, you know, it's, it's been, it, it's been fine, but I have, I've, I've really missed my job and I've missed sports. We've been, we've been doing a lot. We do segments yeah. every day, like insider trading twice a week and the quiz and been doing lots of interviews and some pretty cool zoom stuff, but, uh, it's not the same as, as having games and, and being in the studio, Zach, uh, it's uh, that part of it's, that part of it's depressing and I'm worried. I'm yeah. worried about our business and I'm worried about sports not to mention worried about everybody else out there who's struggling. So it's kind of like you, you sit there and you go in my little cocoon here, it's okay, but you're kind of worried about the world outside. Right. Would you, uh, would you say that adjusting to, uh, obviously without sports and stuff, your job has been drastically different, but, uh, yes. going on air and doing things like that every day with the new technology and stuff, have you, have you noticed a difference in terms of, how difficult it is or mm -hmm. is it easier? I love, I actually love that part of it. Like, like insider trading, for instance, why would I drive all the way into work to put on a suit and sit beside those guys when right. we can do it just like this? And so, you know, every day I got my sweatpants on, I have a, I have a closet just outside that has my suits and my shirts. So I come downstairs after showering, I put on a shirt, I put on a suit jacket, I sit down, we dial in at some technology called DeGero that we use for that. It's not Zoom or, or, uh, or anything like, well, we use Zoom for some, but for insider trading is something else. You turn on your little thing and you hit the link and you talk for five minutes to the guys and then you're done. So it's, I said, if I could do that every day, that would be a heck of a gig, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that part of it, that part of it's fine. I think it, you will see, that's one of the things that you will see out of this is that I think this whole thing that we're doing right now, that that's going to be a part of TV for forever now. Right. Uh, you know, we'll still do formal studio things, hopefully for the most part, but why would you, you know, send a camera out to a guest house, which is what we would normally do. If I was gonna interview Wayne Gretzky in the old world, we'd have to send a camera, hire a cameraman in Los Angeles to drive to his house, do a big setup and everything and do the interview. Whereas now you just dial them up on Zoom and I think the audience has sort of accepted Zoom or Skype or whatever as an acceptable thing to see. So I think that's going to be here to stay. So I think in some ways it'll make our jobs easier that way, but I still want to be in the studio uh, sitting next to the guys, actually seeing their faces live and talking to them that way. And I want to go to events again. That's, yeah. that's the other thing. When will we go? Like if hockey comes back, uh, will we actually go to it? I don't, think so I'm not even sure the play-by-play -play guys will be there I think they might be in you know in a building in TSN or Sportsnet or whatever uh, in Toronto calling the games off of a t off of a TV set so uh, it's definitely weird but it's okay yeah so going off of uh, kind of the theme of positives that can be taken away not necessarily te technology uh, related but are there any positives that you could see being implemented moving forward once this quarantine business is, is handled with and we're kind of back to proceeding with Life from a broadcasting well. standpoint, Ryan, or from a sports from, standpoint? From a life standpoint, mm. like how, how Canadians are interacting with one another. Yeah. I don't think we should shake hands again, uh, but because I've always thought that two way. I'm not a germaphobe, you know, like Howie Mandel and those guys, but I've always thought it's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of stupid, especially when you're in a, a crowd situation where you're shaking hands with 200 people. Uh, you know, which I, I get it, you know, it's the, it's the right thing to do. And, but that's just a disaster. You're bringing home germs and people have babies and things like that. So if we do the elbows or whatever forever, I have no problem with that. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it's made people be able to use things like this more often, right? Like instead of just calling your grandma or whatever, that people will now become used to this. And I never did much. I guess people, maybe your generation does more FaceTime. Uh, I didn't really use it as much as I should have, but now I do like talking to people face to face like we're doing right now. Yeah. So I think that'll be something good that comes out of it. Besides that, there's not a lot of positives. I don't think in, uh, you know, people hopefully will wash their hands more. It always drove me crazy walking into like an arena bathroom during an intermission. And I would sit there and count and guys are girls that are watching this guys are disgusting. There'd be like three out of 10 that wash their hands after 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully people will wash their hands more often. But besides that, there's not a lot of positives. I think Ryan, it's just it's it sucks. We want to go to bars and hang out and yeah. just be with friends and go to movie theaters and go to games and all those things. So uh, we saw on Twitter that you're involved with the Rolling It Forward program from Kruger Products. Uh, would you be interested in sharing a little bit about that all for people who don't know? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I, I've been, one thing about this, uh, and I'll say there's a lot of positives. I'll do anything. I have so many t-shirts in my house of different things. Conquer COVID-19, which yeah. I, was, I was volunteering with, awesome organization. Yeah. Um, the Ryan Reynolds, Haley Wickenheiser thing. The NHLPA has done something, uh, which I still haven't posted, which they're going to get mad at me for, so I have to do that. And Kruger was another one uh, where they're just trying to ask people to do something, something, anything, you know, to support somebody else. And uh, I think all of these campaigns are great, Zach. Uh, I do think at, at a certain point, people will get tired of getting diluge with endless uh, Instagram and Twitter posts from people asking them to do something. Right. I got that way with challenges. I was sick of the challenges about a month in. Okay, don't challenge me for anything anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, the Kruger one's great. Like they're just basically want everybody to do something simple for something else, whether it's, uh, you know, calling an old friend that you haven't talked to in a few months, like you guys are doing. You've, right. you've just you've done it. You just rolled it forward right now. Uh, Our old so, friend James Duffy, <laughs> but that was uh, that was you know they just approached me to ask me to do a post. Sometimes it's it's so simple what we get asked to do: uh, do an Instagram post or something, and uh, everyone's like, "Oh, thanks so much for helping out." Oh, God, we didn't do anything. I put an Instagram post up, right? Uh, the people that are really helping out are the people that are volunteering and um, you know giving their time and sometimes putting their lives at risk to be out there doing things right now. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's enough of the coronavirus and the quarantine talk. We kind of want to talk about you and your, your career as a broadcaster and stuff. So we want to ask you, one of the things is, uh, as a professional, obviously you're always trying to get better and improve on what you do. And we wanted to know if there was any point where you were able to look at your career and look at where you've come from and where you are. And you were able to say, I made it. Or at that point I made it. I think that if you, the two parts to my answer, and I'll probably contradict myself. If you ever say that, you're probably, uh, you're putting yourself in a bad position because then you're going to get, you're almost saying, okay, I've done it. I don't have to work hard anymore. I don't have to keep working on my craft. Uh, and so it, it, as long as you can keep perspective of saying, okay, I've made it, but I still can get better. I still can get better. I still got to work hard. I still got to remember why, what got me here. Uh, because I think the biggest flaw you could have in any profession is to say, okay, I've made it. So I've done, I've achieved my dream. So I'm done now. And then you just start sliding. And I think I, I I've seen that happen to people, but to really, I, I, that's not what you're looking for in the question. I, I really felt, I think the 2010 Olympics for me was sort of the culmination of I was a real Olympic geek when I was a kid I just loved the Olympics from the time I was you know 10 years old I would sit and watch every every moment of the Olympics when they were on even in the summer I wouldn't go outside my mom would be like James get outside please <laughs> you're a kid uh, I'm like no I'm missing the preliminaries of the four by four relay <laughs> yeah. right um, but being able to host that, I, w I got to host it with Lisa Laflamme on CTV and then do the hockey games at night with the guys on the panel. Right. And, you know, to be there for the Crosby goal and everything like that. I remember having a couple of beers, several beers, at the rap party of the 2010 Olympics and thinking to myself, man, that was really special. Like, for a kid from Blackburn Hamlet, a suburb of Ottawa, who never ever thought he'd get a sniff of something like that. Um, that I don't know that I said, Hey, I've made it, but I said, man, that was just something I never thought I'd ever get to do. And that might be the pinnacle. I hope it's not the pinnacle of my career. I hope I get to do other stuff, but you'll never see another game. You know, that gold medal game was watched by, I don't know, 20 million people. No, that'll be the highest rated television show in Canada forever. Yeah. There will yeah. never be another show that passes that simply people don't watch as much TV anymore. So 
I can guarantee you 200 years from now, there'll be nothing that will be as much watched as that 2010 Olympic gold medal game. So uh, to be a part of that was, was really, really special. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember exactly where I was uh, when that had happened. We, I remember I was playing for York Simcoe and we were actually, my team was playing against Ryan's team and some of my best friends at the time, we were up at Nottawasaga. We were standing in the, uh, the lobby watching the game being played. I was playing with, uh, I think Robert Thomas and Liam Hamm were both on my team at that time. Really? Now, so you guys, the game was done and you were just coming out of the dressing room or whatever? No, it was right before the game started. So right before the game started, uh, we were out, out in the lobby watching and then Parise scored the tying goal. And then did I you get both, to see the winning goal? Yeah, yeah, we did. I believe they like delayed the game so that people could see the tying, or see the overtime. Well, uh, funny story. My son was not far away from you in Barrie playing a playoff game. Uh, he played for the Aurora Tigers. And uh, I was so into, you know, as a dad, you're so into your kids' minor hockey that I was kept checking my phone for a score. And I was literally looking at my phone. Um, over time, the rink got really quiet because everybody was so nervous, right. I think. And if you watch the broadcasts, it's really quiet in there. And I literally heard uh, Crosby say Iggy. Punched along to Jerome again. Crosby scores! It's over! The gold medal to Canada! Like I was sort of, you know, you're kind of watching. And I'm, I think I got a text in from somebody. So I'm going like this. And I heard Iggy and looked up just in time to see the goal. Oh, that's so, awesome. Imagine if I missed the greatest goal, you know, one of the greatest goals in history for uh, my kid's hockey score. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's got to make him feel pretty good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so uh, out, of all the, uh, out of all the people you've had the privilege of interviewing, uh, does one stand out to you as being the most memorable? You know, I, I, I've been asked that before, Ryan, and I, I, you think I would have come up with a better answer by now because um, I, don't, I don't have a great one. I'll give you just a few uh, when, when the lockout happened in 2005, I got to cover all the majors in golf and we, TSN had never had a one-on-one -on -one with Tiger Woods. And at these majors, it's very hard to get something like that. Uh, if, if Tiger wins a major, you know, he's going to go in and sit down with, uh, in this case, ABC was the broadcaster. And I think BBC was the, the rest of the world broadcaster. So they were the only two people that were going to get the one-on-ones with, with Tiger. And I was determined all week long that I was going to get a one-on-one -on -one with Tiger. He was in the lead most of the time. And I found his agent, a guy by the name Mark Steinberg, and I basically harassed him in the most polite way possible. Uh, he had been up in Canada, Tiger, the week, uh, two or three weeks prior. TSN had done some sort of event with him. And uh, so I reminded him of that, and I, I just basically sucked up and said, look, uh, this would make my career if I got a one-on-one. And it's really not true, but um, I just, and I can't remember, I looked up stuff on Steinberg online about his family, so I knew things about him. So I just completely, completely sucked up and sugar-coated him so that he knew me by Sunday. And uh, I didn't, still didn't think it was gonna happen, but I had my cameraman with me and there was a, they basically took Tiger to this, uh, uh, like a, like a little tent kind of area where he was supposed to do the one-on-ones. And there was a big, I guess he was the head of, it was at St. Andrews in, in Scotland. And the, you know, the whole head of St. Andrews was sort of blocking the door and uh, Tiger went in and Steinberg went in and I was waiting by the door with my cameraman. And I tried to go in and the, the guy's like, you're not getting in here. Who are you, TSN? You're not getting in here. And Steinberg said, yeah, he's good. And, uh, and we went in and, and did a one-on-one -on -one with Tiger Woods. And it wasn't a great interview or anything, but I was, that was a big deal for me because that was Tiger at the height. He was the most famous athlete on the planet. I'm sure you guys watched the, the Jordan documentary. Yeah. Tiger was almost that, right, in 2005. And... So for us to get a one-on-one -on -one that way, that, that, that sort of sticks out in my mind as a special interview. Again, not the most interesting guy in those situations, not the greatest interview, but that one. I always used to like interviewing Berkey on trade deadline day because he'd always, you know, just completely uh, shoot me down on every question. But it was just, it was basically a stand-up act, right? 
uh, he, cause he always texts me like right after and go, uh, you know, wasn't that fun? Like he just acts <laughs> like he hates me and just sits there and shoots me down. And it was just like a, an ongoing bit we had every year basically. And I really enjoyed yeah. that as well. I remember that. That's awesome. Berkey is uh, one of my favorite people to watch on TV. Yeah, with he's, all this stuff. And he's a good guy. It's all, a lot of it is shtick. He's a pretty good human being. That's awesome. So you mentioned uh, The Last Dance. And since that's been airing, um, it's got a lot, of, a lot of people like thinking about what could be coming next, what documentaries could be coming next. Is there any particular athlete or a team that you personally would want to see featured in a, in a type of documentary similar to The Last Dance? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have anything that's uh, probably people haven't been saying, but I, I mean, I think Tiger would be an uh, Tiger. Probably this won't happen, I don't think, because I don't know if Tiger will ever talk about you know the night that uh, what happened when she uh, yeah. his, his ex went after him with a five iron. Yeah, uh, I, and I don't know if he'll talk about all his affairs and everything like that. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe in 10 years when his playing days are over, he'll, he'll sort of come clean and be, be willing to talk about that. But I have my doubts. I mean, even yeah. the last dance, as good as it was, Jordan had full control over that. And you're starting to see some blowback from people that's saying, you know, it wasn't 100% accurate that they cut out anything negative. Horace Grant was saying that today. They cut yeah. out all the negative stuff anybody said about Jordan. So as great as it was, it maybe wasn't a completely accurate portrayal of, of that. Um, so Tiger, I think, would be amazing just because his career has so many different stories, the health yeah. and all that. I think the Oilers and Gretz, that dynasty would be really cool. I mean, it's kind of been done. 30 for 30 did a, a movie on the a documentary on the trade. But, uh, uh, but there was, I think, some wild times with those Oilers in the 80s. Again, hockey players, would they come clean the way some of the basketball players did? I'm not so sure. Right. Uh, so I'm not sure it would be as interesting as this one, but the, those two definitely stick out in my mind. Uh, um, cause I think, you know, you're thinking about a 10 part series. You got to have a, there's a lot of things you can make a good 30 for 30 movie out of, but to have like 10 hours worth of stuff, yeah. the guys got to been around for a long time. Somebody said Federer today, but I think that would be more about the tennis. I'm not sure that he's an interesting enough guy. Right. Jordan was right. just fascinating in his, with his killer instinct. Right. That's a pretty good answer. I'd be very interested to see the Tiger documentary. I think that would be really cool, especially with all the, like, like you mentioned, the elements of his career with like the winning and all stories away from uh, golf. Yeah. And you just, you got to have people that are going to be honest though. You got to yeah. have Phil say, I hated him for a while, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. you, you have to have that or, or it's not going to work. And again, golf is kind of like hockey where the guys tend not to speak out about others. So I, I have my doubts whether it would ever get done. Yeah, definitely need some good conflicts to make for a for a good story. Right. You uh, you started your career as a journalist in in journalism uh, coming out of school in Ottawa, mm -hmm. and uh, you started your way up. Would you have any advice for people get trying to get into sports journalism now? Uh, well, I think there's a tendency. The one thing that bothers me is that there's a tendency for journalists and broadcasters today to say don't go into it to say it's it's too hard an industry i mean particularly where we are right now where uh you know everybody's job is somewhat at risk and somebody trying to break into the industry is going to have a really hard time in this sort of next year and a half but i've always hated that attitude to say uh you know journalism everything's retracting there's less and less jobs so go do something else because people said that to me when I was at that age, I desperately wanted to do sports. And I remember even my first job in Ottawa, people said, don't do sports. Like sports is just a you know, dead end street. You're never going to get a great job in sports. And if I would listened to them, I would have never got to do all the things that we've been talking about. So uh, I would, you know, first thing I would say, don't let detractors stop you from going for it. Uh, who's to say that, you know, you're not the next whoever that may be. Right. So but I also say have a backup plan because the reality is that I always tell people that compare it to other professions, say people want to be a doctor, right? So your dream is to be a doctor. If you can get through medical school, uh, you can be a doctor and maybe the, of all doctors out there, the top, you know, 20 or 30 or maybe 40% have really good jobs that they love and make a lot of money and they're doing exactly what they want. 
um, lawyers, maybe the same thing. But in, in broadcasting, maybe it's only 1% or a half of 1% that make it to TSN. And there's a lot of people, you know, doing radio jobs for not much money in small towns across Canada, which are all, you know, great worthy things. But uh, it's harder, you know, it's hard to get to that dream just from purely statistical and numerical, the number of jobs that are out there. Right. So have a backup plan, I would say. Um, and just do as much as you possibly can do what you guys are doing right now. I mean, this is the best kind of experience you could possibly get do podcasts and write blogs and all those things. I would say the one thing that's most important with broadcasting today is you have to be able to do everything. If you're going to get a job somewhere, you have to be able to do a radio and write for radio and do TV and write for TV and be able to write competently. Um, and that would be my last thing I would say is writing. I find a lot of the people even that come into TSN are not great writers, that if you go to college for television, uh, that they don't teach writing the way that I was taught writing at Carleton. That's one of the great strengths I think about Carleton is they teach you how to write. And I don't just mean writing a, a you know, to write a, a story for a newspaper, or to write a book, but writing for radio, writing for television. And I think I got um, good at writing because of, of that. They, and that probably got me the job. That probably got me the job. My first job in TV as a news reporter. And that experience as a news reporter made me a better writer. And I think that probably helped me get to TSN is that I was a pretty good writer as far as, uh, you know, writing the intros that you see on camera or whatever that may be, or writing stories as a reporter. Right. And that can separate you. That those, I, I don't see a lot of people that have great skills in that coming out today. So uh, become a good writer. Awesome. That's great advice. Yeah. So just uh, a little, little lighter, uh, little lighter questions now, just to finish off here. Yeah. We have this segment called this or that, which is essentially, would you rather, but uh, it's been a big hit with our, our listeners. So you got a few okay. questions. We're going to fly by. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. So, James, would you rather begin every sentence with, hey, idiot, or end every sentence with, ha, I was just kidding? <laughs> uh, I hate the ha-ha, I, I was just kidding, so I'm going to go with, hey, idiot. Now, would I have to do that, like, to Bob McKenzie on the air? Oh, yes. yeah, oh, just for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm still going to go with, hey, idiot. Sticking to his guns. I think that one would be good for uh, Odo starting use, it off like that. Should I use that on Puffy's hypotheticals tomorrow? Yes, that would be great. Hey, idiot, or... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just kidding. I got to write that down. <laughs> All right, keep going. Uh, would you rather only be able to give bad advice or to only be able to take bad advice? <laughs> uh, take, because I wouldn't want to be that guy that would be blamed for everything. Yes, yeah, definitely. I'd rather my advice. world fall apart than me help other worlds fall apart. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, would you rather only be able to whisper or only be able to scream? <laughs> Just an everyday conversation. Too. Only be able to whisper. <laughs> uh, that probably wouldn't do well for my career, though, because we talk <laughs> super loud in broadcasting. My wife it always drives her crazy because she says you're using your TV voice. <laughs> because if you've ever heard. In the studio, Zach, you didn't come in when we were actually doing a show, did you? Uh, in you the, came in uh, when we were doing a podcast, but not a. You didn't. You didn't get to see the studio when we were doing our thing, right? Um, I was in like that studio where they you normally record that, and you well, we were recording stuff. Yeah. We, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Right. You. So in our TV studio, though, like we talk super loud. Like the one thing right. when we have guests in or new analysts, I have to tell them that you have to talk. You literally, when you're on television, you have to talk like this. Uh, and it, then it comes out sounding fairly normal on TV. Right. Um, so I guess screaming would be better for my career, but I'm still taking whispering. <laughs> okay. I think that the showing some of my parents talk uh, on the most of their Zoom calls, they'll be sitting two feet from me, like talking to my extended family, just screaming every now and then I have to yeah. like, turn to them. Like, I, hey, I think that I'm that guy. I'm, I'm afraid, Ryan. <laughs> okay. Uh, one more here. Uh, would you rather always wear earmuffs or always wear a nose plug? <laughs> 
A nose plug like the synchronized swimmers wear? Yeah, yeah, the pinch bone. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty nasal anyway, so I'll just go with the nose plug because I think the earmuffs, <laughs> I already got like pretty big ears and that would just like, make me look ridiculous. I don't have a, I'm not exactly attractive as you can see right now, so that's not going to help me. I don't think either one's going to help me very much, so lesser of two evils, nose plug. <laughs> Well, that was awesome. Uh, we want to thank you again for coming on. For people who don't know, we actually had James on before. Uh, my laptop got, <laughs> got stolen. One of my favorite stories ever. Yeah, unfortunately, the interview was lost. Um, and it was better. I was way better in that one. It was well, magic. I felt like it, it was, was magic. <laughs> that, was the, that was the take. That was the one. Yeah, yeah, it was magic. But we're very, very appreciative of you coming on again and doing this for us. We can't thank you enough. We know we've, uh, we've really bothered you as no, much not as at all, did, uh, messaging you all the time and stuff. So we want to thank you for taking the time and coming and joining us. This means a lot to us. Uh, no problem, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you guys. I'm glad you're doing the pod again. And uh, we will try to have you on our pod there, Zach, because... Uh, uh, you know, Puffy's always complaining about the intern not doing anything. He doesn't know that you've actually sent me a million texts suggesting things and I just haven't uh, followed up because <laughs> I'm useless at these things. But uh, uh, no problem and good talking to you, Ryan, as well. So uh, hang in there, boys, and we'll get through this sucker. Thanks, James. Awesome. Thank okay, you. Guys. Enjoy your dinner. Take it easy, boys. Take it easy. See ya. Good talking to you, man. So, McGee, that, that was pretty incredible. That uh, was it, man. We, um, we had him on before. The first one was really, really, really good. And unfortunately, we didn't get to share it with you. He said that the first one was better. I don't know if the first one was better. This one was incredible, too. This um, one was good, too. But in the first one, he did rap. rap yeah, we did get him to rap at the beginning. I don't know. It like it, That thing was like kind of a one-time, like, uh, you yeah. know, once. It was like really cool. Yeah. It's like if we ask him to do it. Yeah, you had to be there. Yeah, you had to be there. But... Uh, that was amazing. So once again, thank you to James Duthie for joining us. Um, and he did actually have me on his podcast. The following day, I was at work and he sent me a text and he just said, hey, bud, like, would you be able to hop on the podcast on Skype in 45 minutes and give us some, some of your this or that segments? So we got to share those this or that's with his following as well and got to shout out the Lads and Lawn Chairs podcast, shouted out me and McGee. It was, a, it was a pretty cool experience being able to have him on and then getting to go on his podcast the next day. So for those of you who haven't seen me promoting it on social media and stuff, I uh, check out the Rubber Boots podcast. They, uh, they gave McGee and I a little shout out and uh, I got a little feature on there, got some airtime. So that was pretty cool. Hey, yeah, man. I listened with, I listened with my parents. I'm, like, it was sick. I couldn't get the smile off my face. Like, I was it listening. Was so like, cool. It was unreal. <clears throat> um, they actually even named the episode after uh, after part of our, our segment. Yeah, yeah. We the hey idiot uh, or haha, just kidding. They called the podcast hey idiot. Yeah. So like that's the ultimate tribute to lads and launchers. And I you know with with that we were thrilled to have James Duffy on, but it, we're not a one and done podcast. That's no. not who we are. We want to deliver prime content to you week after week. So we have some other big guests on the way. More like we've banked a bunch coming. of, yeah, but we got more big things coming and it's not like, oh, just wait and see what we do. It's like, they've already happened. Yeah. They've already happened. And now we've it's just a matter of time. Waiting. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys better hold on to your seats, buckle up, whatever you got to do. Cause like we're here for the long haul and we're trying to get, so recently, recently we've been trying to like clear up our Instagram, make it look a little more professional and like, we, we've unfollowed some people. Other our ratio was hurting. Like, let's, let's clarify that. Our ratio was hurting. But it, not, not only that, it's like we weren't going to follow everyone just because. Like, yeah. So now we, we, it's no hard feelings, nothing personal. No, we just unfollowed right. everyone unless you're on the podcast or that's it. Like, we literally only have guests that we are yeah. following. Yeah. So, I mean, no hard feelings. But one thing I thought was pre like pretty humorous is like I'm just unfollowing. Literally, I think we were at 915 and I got it down to 26. I was banned yeah. twice. During yeah. my unfollowing spree. So like <clears throat> we got that down to 26. And one thing I noticed I thought was interesting. It's like our followers just kept on dropping and dropping. It's like I'd unfollow somebody or like a, like a group of people and it would just zip down like 10 followers. I'm like, whoa, like what? Yeah. So my question is like, how do, how do you know? How do you know? Yeah. Like the, like these, <clears throat> these social media following apps and stuff, it's so aggressive. Like I, I personally don't 
care like if you don't want to follow me don't follow me like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. like, like i don't care if i'm not following you i'm probably not following you for a reason and like it like doesn't matter to me if you unfollow but like people take it so personally if they get oh, i know like, to the extent of having to like subscribe to these apps that let them know how many people have unfollowed them and when they get unfollowed and stuff and it's like if you need to know instantaneously that somebody has unfollowed you like what, why what are you doing i think this it's just says more about like them than it does about the person that unfollows them yeah like if you care that much especially if you bring it up to like the person that unfollowed you like i've been on the receiving end of some like hey what gives text yeah it's like it's on and it's like wait pardon like <laughs> i well, you're just attacking me right now it's, yeah what do you want me to sorry like I'm not going to refollow you because you fucking, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not personal. We're just following our guests. That's all it is. We're, we're an up-and-coming podcast once again. We're starting from the ground up, and uh, we've built a bit of a following. We're just trying to clean house. That's all it is. We're trying to clean up our feed and follow our guests. That's all. But if you have one of those apps, like, delete it now. Yeah, now. <laughs> come like, on. You're like, yeah, it's like if you wear gloves in the gym, be better. Like, don't. <laughs> just delete the app. It takes two seconds. It's really yeah, not like, difficult to do. Just unsubscribe, delete the app. You're fine. Like, you don't need to know that badly if somebody unfollowed you. It's not that big. It's, <laughs> it's okay. It's not. The world will keep on spinning. The sun will come up tomorrow. It's fine. <laughs> and for those who unfollowed us, I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't forget. And, and now I will be deleting my unfollowing app. The app told me. Yeah, yeah, the app told me. <laughs> I got notifications. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, man, like, ah, oh, crazy stuff. The world of social media is just blowing my mind. Like, I was off it for a cut, like, for a year and a bit. Yeah. Not got it. And it's like, it's like, what people take this really seriously. Yeah. Well, so, like, social media in general is just a crazy place. And, like, you, you actually messaged me the other day and you told me about this thing. You said, like you just out of nowhere no context you just messaged me and said uh today's today's youth is in good hands i was like, what? like that's what? right what that's right and uh your mom is uh, a principal right yeah i feel like i can't say where because that'll probably yeah that's fine that's fine but uh she was telling you that uh that they found out what like why don't you explain it actually okay so <laughs> Basically, I went for a walk with my mom because this is yeah. something I do. I'm a good guy. Yeah, a little quarantine so, walk. Yeah. yeah. So I went for a walk with my Mama's mom. <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> and uh, we're like walking in and she's like, oh, like, Ryan, like, do you know anything about like Twitter confession pages? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like rubbing my hands together. Like, oh, let me tell oh, you. Do I ever? So, yeah, do I ever. So apparently her school is going through a little issue where like there's a, a Twitter confession page where they expose people and share intimate details of, of whoever, whatever things get submitted. Right. One, one thing I, I'd like to say is that it's great to hear that the youth of today are in <laughs> Because I remember when we, were, when we were coming up through high school, we had GTA confessions. We had like a whole bunch of other confession pages that were like, honestly, a pretty primary source of entertainment in the yeah. sphere. Yeah. And like, not to brag or anything, but I was, I was featured on GTA confessions. Yeah, congratulations. It was. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out. I think oh, it had like, like, like over like 2,000 retweets and like 4,000 <laughs> favorites. It's like, shout out to the guy whose party got busted by his parents in Jamaica. That was me. Yeah. I'm not that guy. I'm that guy. It was yeah. a low point in my life. But yeah, man, GTA Confessions. Shout out to the, the Wolf of Young Street, I think was his personal Twitter yeah. account. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's good to see that the youth of today are in good hands. I mean, like, if if I if it was still socially acceptable for me to, I guess there are still confessions. Like there's spotted at Laurier, which is like a, a yeah. Page. I've seen that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, it's just good to see that the youth of today are in good hands, and, and they they know what to, they're come up. Like they it's know. kind of funny to like see that some of those things are still going on, or like some of those trends are still happening, because like it doesn't really feel like it, but like we're four years or we're four years removed from a high school. Like it was a while ago. And yeah. like the today's today, like every, everybody in the way they interact in social media, regardless of how much we think it is like true or not, it, it's so different. Like there's so many different oh. things. Like even last week we talked about TikTok, and like, imagine kids today in high school and like firing through and the stuff they're putting out on TikTok and whatnot. Like, Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> just like, just think about it. Like, like hundreds of years ago, 
people would pass down information like oh how to transport water or like yeah. here's here's the legend of like the, the thunderbird and they pass down myth- mythological stories to each and other now to, like, <laughs> and now it's like oh you know how you get popular on social media confession <laughs> pages yeah like the, the it's like gossip mu- girl like, it's, it's pretty crazy like they're passing down valuable information to like ensure the survival of humanity and like pass down culture and, and now it's just like yeah make a confession page bro yeah you get featured on there and you're set for life <laughs> just look at me oh my god <laughs> yeah. turned, pretty- <laughs> turned out a celebrity i uh i also want to give a quick shout out i think we're gonna bring uh, a segment to the people uh lad of the week um if everybody wants to message us and send in like recommendations or uh what, like what's the word mcgee uh not a referral but if Nom- you want nominations nominations if you want to nominate somebody else <laughs> Nominate somebody else, send us their social media or their Twitter, their Instagram handle, whatever it may be. Give us a reason why, uh, what, what they've done in the week. Maybe they've yeah. done something good. Maybe uh, they helped somebody out. Maybe they helped you out. Maybe they and did it, something dumb. Yeah. But uh, send in your stuff. The first one that I want to start off with, I want to give a shout out to my buddy, uh, The Buck Show, John Buckin. Uh, Buck, uh, has recently embarked on a new journey. He's moving, drove out to Edmonton yesterday on his own solo rip out to Edmonton, actually sent all the boys videos. He went and visited the humble Broncos, uh, memorial site, sent us all videos of that. So obviously like, it's very sad what happened, but it was pretty cool that he went out there and saw that and paid his respects. But, uh, shout out the Buck show, starting a new journey all on his own in Edmonton. First ever Lads yeah, and Launchers. First Lad ever Lad of the Week, John Buckin. Congrats, Lad. Yeah, congrats, Buck Show. Thank you. Uh, and we, we understand that it may be difficult in social distancing to get to get ideas or, or I don't know, but even if it's just a good friend that checked up on you to see how you're doing, I mean, like yeah. that's, that's very Lad. That's very Lad-like. Yeah. Or it doesn't even have to be anyone you know. If you hear a funny story or you're here, like I heard Nathan Fillion, uh, the guy I made, made fun of on Big Mouth. He's like in, in uh, The Rookie, that that shitty ctv show okay <laughs> anyway so this guy this guy i heard uh basically like his his mom was at costco and was getting stuff and, and this guy like paid her bill or, or no it was she was at a gas station she was filling up right. and she didn't have enough all right and then something happened and the guy just like covered her tank he's like this wow. tendon was like yeah and it turns out it was this guy's mom and this guy's kind of like a celebrity i guess so yeah. he uh tweeted it and he's like yeah like i just heard this happened whatever that's great like and all he asked was that she pay it forward and do another kind deed so nathan fillion donated a bunch of like ipads and technology to like a senior's home that's awesome that, so they can keep in touch with their families just that's like awesome. stories like that right yeah. like it's like that's that's what a lad like yeah. good job what a lad. and we're not asking people to donate ipads yeah yeah like, but just like just, if you have any stories like that yeah or even just yeah so like Anything you want to nominate anybody for, send us a message. Let us know why and uh, let us know who they are. And we'll, we're more than happy to give them a shout out a lot of the week. But uh, McGee, I think that wraps up episode 33. The Pippin Dude. episode. The slash Pippin Jesus episode slash Jesus. This is age. <laughs> Jesus episode. episode. What an episode though. Honestly, we get, was, we get James Duffy on again. Yeah. Uh, what a guy. What an interview. Gives, great interview. Gives great insight in his his professional career talks about some amazing stories. Um, got to share one of the, one of his experiences that I'm sure every Canadian can resonate with, you know, the golden goal where he was and what he, what he was seeing when it happened, the emotion and stuff of going through that, talking with us about uh, advice for other people going into sports media and sports journalism. I mean, it was, it was an honor to have him join us. Um, Very thrilled to to kind of pick up right where we left off. Yeah, literally, as our first interview was was the last interview we had. Yeah, uh, in round one. Yeah. So I mean, we're picking up right where we left off. Um, we Philly and I are very confident. Like we, we want this is something we want to do for for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're gonna work our asses off to to kind of bring you guys good guests. And yeah. I mean, we've already have probably four or five like big guests banked away, ready to bring it to you week after week. We're gonna slam you with that. Uh, that good shit yeah so, i mean stay tuned guys and and ladies like we lads we're, and ladettes we're, we're yeah we're feeling great about uh about the return what an episode what an, what episode. an episode what an episode thanks everybody for joining us thank you again james Duffy, for coming on 
Shout out John Bucken, lad of the week. Uh, don't wear gloves in the gym. Do not wear gloves in the gym. Delete your followers app. And uh, McGee, what do you have to say? It's been an absolute uh, pleasure bringing you this episode. I just want to say, come back Monday because we have another big guest joining us, which will be announced a little bit later. Find us same or next week, rather, same time, same place, same lawn chairs. Cheers, lads and ladettes. Thanks for listening.